Alright, hey guys, welcome to the Gabriel Mayer's podcast. This one is not an Instagram rip. Uh, it's uh, 8.43 in the morning in Brooklyn, New York right now. I went to sleep sometime near 4 or 3 or 4, I don't remember exactly. And during the night I had to remove a mouse from a trap while I was half asleep which also cut into my sleeping it was just like a very tossy and turny night but I usually get up pretty early no matter how much I sleep just just out of habit and lately I haven't been smoking I haven't uh, smoked weed since um, maybe Friday maybe Friday maybe sometime before that Um, And I mean really smoked. Uh, So I have all this energy. That's something I'm experiencing. I have all this energy. On top of that, I've been drinking a lot of apple cider vinegar and turmeric shots. And I really do think that has something to do with it. It just like, I feel like it makes you not as hungry and have more energy. And you're so, and since you're not like digesting things, you you're not like tired. Um, so I don't know if I had, did I have something specific to talk about, or was I just making this? Oh, I did have something to talk about. I just kind of wanted to talk about the direction that I'm going to be going in um, in 2019, uh, just because like at the top of the year, um, made an announcement that it'd be. I don't know why I'm making announcements, but I did make an announcement. I made an announcement that I'd be sort of stepping back from doing as many shows. Um, And uh, people got the impression that I was sort of quitting music or something like that, which if you know me, you know I'd never quit music. It's just not something I can do. It's not something that would make sense for me to do. It's not in my philosophy. Um, I was thinking about it, like, I've known people who've been, like, stand-ups and rappers and in a band and, like, done skateboarders and, like, done all these things, but pretty much since I was, since I was 17, I've been playing guitar, writing songs, and trying to make money with music. Well, not trying to make money with music, really. Trying to make money with music, I'd say, started in about 2009 when I started uh, playing on the subway uh, cars with a friend. Um, But yeah, the way I see it, I'm just becoming more focused on what I actually want to do and what seems like a good idea to me to do rather than sort of following blindly following what other people are doing um in terms of music most people are just sort of booking shows and playing them just booking shows and playing them and that's fine (laughs) that's that's fine for for i think people who don't have the outlets that i do the biggest well not the biggest outlet but my chief outlet I'd say is playing music in the New York City subway 
with my amplifier really um in the mezzanine areas this is where it's legal to do that you can use an amplifier in new york anywhere in the in the mezzanine of the subway and so you're able to turn that space into your own little venue it's new york there's tons of tourists it's a very artistic city and it basically it's been responsible for my entire career you know um playing in the subway has run me into many many filmmakers that's like the that's like the biggest thing filmmakers are just sort of like wandering around all the time in new york looking for things to shoot Uh, filmmakers and photographers um and so i've gotten to make a lot of like little videos and things like that just from playing in the subway and those videos started to go out there and that's what got the attention of casting agents at uh, VH1 when they were producing the Linda Perry project uh, in 20 what was this 2015 2015 when I recorded that uh, scene with Josh Fox uh, he had found me heard me play an original song in the subway and and you know really really wanted me in this film and and featured me at a good spot in this film and my original song i'm doing that thing again where i list my credits i know you guys hate this but it's it's i guess it's part of the thing (laughs) that i that i just remind you that i've done things and i'm not just laying in bed all the time um yeah, what was it in 2015 recorded that and then uh that's my original song went viral from that. Um so it you know n- nothing in my career has really gone happened through a natural course of things, you know. Uh I I've I've I I've probably been to 15 open mics. You know, uh 15 to 20 at most really the uh throughout my life um because something about the bar or club scene of musicians i really don't like um i'm really not good in groups i think in the first place and my thinking tends to align with the philosophy uh if you find yourself this is a a mark twain slash samuel clemens quote which is if you find yourself on the side of the majority it's time to pause and reconsider and you know, sitting in these open mics where you just see kind of people trying their shit out and doing da da da, which is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with doing open mics if you're doing it. Um, there's 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 more than one road to Rome. Um, but I just think that I really desire creative control and creative freedom, and that's what the subway allowed me to do. The subway allowed me to just kind of take whatever songs I had, covers, originals go out, play them, and just get better and better at sort of being able to perform regardless of what the environment was doing. And to me, that's that's like, that's like a, that's like almost like a drug. To, it's like a gym to me. It's like, you know how Goku goes in the hyperbolic time chamber and Dragon Ball Z goes in this chamber um, where the gravity is turned. I don't know why they call it the hyper... That that always drove me crazy. They call it the hyperbolic time tra- chamber in Dragon Ball Z. But it, but it's actually a chamber where the gravity's increased. So it should be like the hyperbolic, like, gravity chamber. Anyway, um... Uh, 
yeah, so the subway is like that for me. It's just like you're, you're, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of people don't want to do it. I didn't even know that at first. I didn't even know how scared people were of busking because to me it seems like the bar is lower on busking than it is on an open mic stage or, uh, you know, the bar is... I mean, wouldn't wouldn't street performance be the lowest possible bar where people just, like, they're not there to see you, they're not... You know, they can stop and watch you for a second if they want and easily move on. The bar is so low, but yet no one wants to do it. Um, Because I guess there's that, like, constant rejection that you're facing. Uh, You know, I think that's the thing, which is so ironic to me. I think it's just, like an example of sort of like my mental limitations ending up being a benefit in terms of like I feel more nervous on stage when it when it's all set up and artificial and everyone's like all right what do you got you know I like the feeling of like you can keep walking if you want and the people that really stay to watch me they're missing trains they're late for work they're really intending to stay um, and they follow up with me or they or they say, hey, I had to just say something to you. Like, to me, it means more than when you sort of invite 20 of the people that you know already who feel sort of like a moral obligation to support you out to some venue in order to, you know, buy drinks at their venue and you just sort of perform for your friends who've heard the same music over again. And really busking to me is is sort of the the closest thing that a musician has to the open mic stage that um comedians have the comedy the comedy industry i feel like part of the reason that it booms so much in new york and la is just how i mean all across the country comedy clubs are set up differently than music joints my dream at this point is to open for comedians is to kind of put it out there that not only do I sing good, but I write songs that can be somewhat humorous or thoughtful, and then I say cool, funny shit in between, and my vibe is cool, and hopefully Dave Chappelle will come out or whatever, like um, like him and John Mayer being on tour. Um, my, my second greatest outlet, besides busking, is this thing that you're listening to me on right now i didn't even know that i had podcast fans i released a couple podcasts and then i kind of forgot about it didn't think it was important went back months later i think i have 82 total plays which isn't like an incredible lot but i would i would have expected more like five which means that what uh gary vaynerchuk if you don't know gary vaynerchuk what gary vaynerchuk said is true which is that fucking long-form audio is owning right now. Um, and uh, to me, I'm just so... I love marketing. Not, like, bullshit marketing, like, bad guy co-commercials, but just the concept of, like, what... where people's attention are, is going is so interesting to me. The fact that, like, podcasts are booming right now. Podcasts are booming. Long-form audio is booming. Like, people are taking long drives and listening to podcasts more, and people are taking walks and listening to podcasts more and listening to podcasts on the train and things like that, listening to podcasts while they watch, watch dishes. But people aren't watching music videos anymore. I think that's so interesting. I mean, not that people aren't watching them, but that, like, they just aren't trending music the the format of music video itself is not trending not that people didn't watch beyonce's lemonade or little pump and kanye's um 
you know, I love it, video. People are still watching videos. Um, but I think the thing about our culture is people are learning to watch those videos from these information sources, from podcasts, from live streams. That's, uh, that's another thing I want to mention. Just the internet is my, is my, because it's like busking. You're putting shit out. You're not expecting anything. People can take it or leave it. I don't know what you call that. I'm pretty sure Gary Vee must have a name for that. But it's like, it's just a take it or leave it. You put out nine, you, 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 it's like in Hitch when he says, you go, you go 90 and you let them come 10. So, 10%. So it's like, I put out 99% of energy without receiving anything back. And it's so much that I'm putting out that the 1% that I receive back is like just pure gold. I.e., you know, me playing in the subway around 10 years and ending up, you know, on VH1 and at Sundance Film Festival and, uh, you know, on, on, in an HBO documentary and, and things like that. Um, I, I really believe in my Instagram live stream. My, my numbers are really not high there at all, which might be part of the reason why I quit, in addition to me just f- sort of feeling like, fuck, in this current climate, like, you know, I'm a man. I can't say anything, you know. I feel like I have a lot to say about politics and society, but I feel so like someone's going to jump down my throat about it. And people do. And people do. And part of the thing I'm having to learn is to kind of, like, tap into my self-esteem and say like look i'm gonna die first off i'm gonna die so even if i fuck up at least there's that um i'm gonna die and before i die i want to actually get to say i I want i want to be honest i want to hear myself speak some truth i don't want to walk around self-editing i don't want to i i'm i'm adherent to this thing that I, I'm having difficulty articulating now, but it's a spirit of artistry that's like some Walt Whitman, Jim Morrison fucking shit where it's like something's more important than what's going on here and it has to do with really opening up your heart and opening up your mouth and just saying what's real. Um, and And part of that, I think, is like fucking up and making mistakes and saying stuff wrong and taking stuff back and shit like that. But with cancel culture, it's, like, so scary to just sort of say what's on your mind. Knowing that someone is, like, waiting in the wings. Some little sycophant. No, sycophant's not the right word. Some little sick fuck <laughs> is waiting in the wings uh, to turn your words against you and, and try to destroy you and cancel you. But I look at people like Louis C.K., whose careers have, you know, gone... Man, I was just, you know, if you Google, see, Google Louis C.K. magazine covers you know just look at how really because you might forget if you're not a comedy fan you might forget and even if you are a comedy fan you might forget just how big louis was just a couple years ago like just think like 2000 when when like second season louis you know um and, and to see him hit the bottom that's the lowest when everyone knows what you did that you did something sexually taboo um, that's like, that's the worst. That's gotta, that's, that's gotta be, that's worse than if people found out you shat your pants at the Met Gala or in front of the president or something like that. 
you know, if someone finds out something weird sexually you did, it's just like not a good look. And the fact that even though his career has like, boom, like hit the bottom, he's still recognized. And I'm not, you know, this is no endorsement of, you know, any of his personal life and actions or anything like that. This is not an endorsement of it. Um, even though his career is like kind of flatlined, there's still a fucking pulse. And that kind of gives me hope that I can still be a person. And it's weird that that gives, it's not weird that that gives me hope. This is what I'm saying about honesty. I want to take stuff back all the time, but it's kind of like either you get me or you don't. Either you, either you get me and the words I'm saying inspire you or fill you with something, or you don't and you just shut this shit off. And, you know, don't give me a low rating. By the way, if you're listening to this and you like this, please give me a a five-star rating and leave a review. Because I will repost your review on on Instagram. I'll post it in my story on my wall. And um, and it'll help my my podcast get out to more people. I I don't know how podcast recommendations work. All I know is I listen to podcasts all the time and I hear people asking for five-star reviews. So I know it's something important that I need. So thank you for for your five-star review. But yeah, if you don't like what I'm saying, you can just turn it off. We're so we're so with the cancel culture that we think we can beat anyone we disagree with over the head with a brick to change their opinion and we don't understand that we're just creating a stronger enemy. Um and I think, you know, that's uh that was the case with the Covington kids, you know, even if they had done the most despicable possible thing, sending them death threats is not the solution. I think it's so funny that, um, not funny, but like uh, Emma, Emma Gonzalez and like David Hogg, the um, the Parkland survivors, were sent death threats. These are children that were sent death threats, and now there's children on the right side being sent death threats by the left. And like I've said before, there is no... There are no Republicans, there are no Democrats, there are no black people, there are no white people. There's just human beings, and that's not even a real thing. You know, these are just words. These are just, you know, uh, evolved ape gibberish. You know, it's not a real thing. Floating on a rock in space, and what is a rock, and what is space, and what do these words mean, you know? Um, but not to not to get too esoteric and, and abstract, it's, uh, I, I'm just saying, it's like we've become the enemy the like like the trump won in the sense that like like remember make america great again the sla- the slang or 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 the meme of that that they were passing around was was uh make america hate again you know and that's what happened now we now now we have millions of blue people liberal minded left people justifying death threats towards children, hatred and ire towards children, which is really what it's about. I know not everyone's endorsing death threats towards children, but when you're justifying the hatred, ire, and vitriol going to these children rather than the compassion and understanding going towards these children, and you're sort of just lumping compassion and understanding on this Native American elder where it's easy to do that, first of all, you're pussies. Second of all, it's, it's, it's we've become them. We've become them. We've become tribal, you know? tribal superstitious quick to judge quick hot hot and it's like fuck that i need to take a step back from it and 
I, I feel like it's sort of the inciting incident for 2019. Um, the world needs me. You know, and that's, you know, I might have to talk to my therapist about that because that sounds a little egomaniac style. But um, I'm an artist. I've been an artist for a long time. I've been an expressive, creative person. I don't just sort of go to the store, buy milk, come home and cook eggs and go to sleep and, 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 and watch The Four on Fox, you know? I fucking look at things and I think things and I interpret things and I make little memes and I make songs and, and I say things, you know, like like I have stuff to say. I can affect change in the world through the words I put together, through the through the images I put together. And that's important. That's important. It's not a lark. And I sort of spent 15 years kind of thinking it was a lark, you know, because it's told by so many people that like music and art and creativity is not a real career. And yet it's the most important thing that we have in our society. Literally, Warren Buffett's not going to move the moral consciousness of the world forward. No insult to Warren Buffett. I just I'm just using it as, as an archetypal archetypical arch, archetypal or archetype, I don't know which one. Example of just like a, a, a businessman, a man who's concerned with, with facts and figures and numbers and, and not with heart and soul. Not that, actually, Warren Buffett is more of like a heart and soul investor. He says, like, invest in only in things you believe in. And that's actually gotten me a lot of success in investing. I remember, um, you know, when I started, I, st- I started getting interested in, what do you call it? cash non-cash payment systems and so i invested in square um uh square who who who's who, who's you know what they specialize in is these readers that you know they they make they make contactless readers and as a busker i can see that in 5 years i'm going to need a contactless reader on my busking case i i'm going to need one i'm going to need a contactless reader where it says $1, where someone can walk by and just pass their card over it without touching and keep going. Like if I'm going to continue my success in busking, that literally has to be a place I get to in five years. Unfortunately, the current technology doesn't really allow for that. Like the square um, contactless reader, like you have to program it every single time. It won't just sort of take the money and go, take the money and go. Um, But... I mean, I do have dip jar. That's not contactless. It's like you just dip your money, you dip your card in, um, and it just does its thing. By the way, the dip jar, people are usually amazed about what it is. I never know what to set it to because I've set it to the most swipes I've had is on $5. Then someone suggested they were like, $5 is a little too much. By the way, no, it's not. $5 is not too much for anything. If I'm playing music in the subway, and it, and if I wasn't there, you would have heard no beautiful music, and you really appreciate it, then $5 is not too much money. If it's $5 is too much money, have a quarter in your pocket and give me a quarter. The $5... So anyway, I think the point... And I, 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 I remember I, I turned down the, the thing to display $2 so that when someone swiped it, they'd just pay $2, and I got no $2 swipes. Because, like, to me, and this is where I think my brain differs than others. So, so a fan of mine says, like, fi- I think $5, $10 is too much. You want to do $2. 
you because and and I had this similar issue with you no know, selling CDs, MP3 players, selling things. People think this way because they're uneducated about how other people think. They're like people want things to be cheaper, and they don't understand that people pay. How much do you pay for the new iPhone that will be defunct in the next two years? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not the number of the money; it's the context in buying. So the way I look at it is like this is me getting a little bit off topic, but I'm just trying to show that like I, I have like a sort of circuitous thinking process in which I don't think like, oh, I'm not getting enough swipes. Let me like make the number lower. Although I do try that, I think there's a way that people are thinking that I have to dis like on house. When a house is like deducing things, that's my shit. I never really got into Sherlock Holmes because I have big, have a problem with British television and their writing. They're like a little bit too smirky about everything, and it is it is annoying. Um, my God, the first episode of Sherlock was so weird too. Wasn't it like some guy had kidnapped him and was like, "I'm going to convince you to kill yourself." What? That's not a what? That's like a season finale thing that you build up to if, if anything. That's the first bad guy that he's looking for. Some weird psychological serial killer that talks you into killing yourself. And he's going to do this to Sherlock Holmes? He's a police officer. Um just don't talk to him. Uh but my point is like I'm moving away from the venues, and I've already moved away from the venues. The only reason I kind of did a lot of shows in the past couple of years is because a close friend of mine who I, who I trust and love was like, you know, you gotta do shows. You gotta do shows. You gotta do shows, even though, even though shows are 90 per, 99% of the time disappointing. I had one great show in August. I had one great show in August um, in which the venue was packed out. And I did very little actual promotion work. I played in the subway. I made a ton of money in the subway. I wasn't even thinking about the show being full, because I was making so much money in the subway. And I had, you know, I had flyers. Um, I had a sign. I was advertising, but I wasn't. I think what had changed in August was I was no longer doing personal invites where I was like, "Hey, come to the show. Hey, come to the show. Hey, come to the show. Hey, come to the show." I did do that though a little bit, but. I didn't invite any of my friends. I made it a specific point to 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 try and identify who's in New York, who's 21 and older. I made some posts. Hey, are you a fan of mine in New York? Some people responded to it. Not. I have 8,000 fans. About you know 40 to 80 people responded to to it out of 8,000 fans that I have um, to say whether they were or were not in New York. And then I asked if you're 21 or over. And then I went down and messaged them specifically, and it was it was different than what I was used to doing, and I and and that's what I'm realizing that I that I'm, I'm gonna have to do these different things that other people just are not doing that I have no like I, I can't like say oh look that guy did it so I'm gonna do that and it's gonna work and I I've seen with the busking thing it's so crazy like I've I've shown. Because I'm black and I'm from Brooklyn, I'll like go busking and be like, "Look, this is how much money I made an hour. How come you're not doing this?" Because it's funny to me to do that to like make fun of people, and be like, <laughs> and be like, "Look how much better I'm doing than you." It's like it's a little self-esteem thing, but eh, it's so funny. Um, shout out to Crystalia. I'm talking like you. I'm a true baby. If you're if you're not listening to the Congratulations podcast, 
then we can't be friends because that's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. For me, it's a congratulations podcast, Bodega Boys and Harmontown. Also, the hilarious world of depression I found very warm, and sleep and the podcast Sleep with Me for when you want to go to sleep and you don't want it to be quiet. Perfect. Oh my God, you fall asleep instantly when you listen to Sleep with Me podcast. It's so crazy how boring that guy is. It's great. Um, but yeah, so so twenty nineteen is going to be me building this new world basically and I what I think is that I'm building a structure in terms of my music career that's going to I'm sorry I'm I'm on the bed and I've just got my phone on the bed recording so you might hear me shifting around I'm sorry if it's loud also I don't give a fuck that's how we do I'm mad disrespectful um I'm making a new path toward toward Justin Bieber land I know I know the kids want to there's there's fucking 12 year old kids out there there's 16 year old kids out there there's young kids out there who want to uh make it big and the pathway to do that they're 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 following a script that's that's 30 years old they're following a script from 1975 you know I'm going to go on a tour around the country and it's like I mentioned this a few a few times, but people ask me all the time, "What's your favorite venue to play?" And it's like, as an artist at this level, you don't have like a favorite venue to play, really. Um, and 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 if you have a favorite venue to play, it's gonna be because of like how much they pay you, like the like the door deal, or the sound system. There's no venues like there used to be. There used to be like Studio 54, and so you'd go to Studio 54 and you'd have this kind of vibe if you went to Studio 54. Um, there is Rockwood Music Hall. I got to give a shout out to Rockwood because Rockwood is probably one of the nicest entry level venues that there is. You know, they have a stage for newcomers, they have a stage for um, bigger acts. Um, all right, so I guess I do have a favorite venue, but it's like that's not really a choice, honestly. Because Rockwood is, like, the only one that I can nod to to say, like, that's a good venue. Literally, there's no other one. Unless I'm talking, like, one of the bigger, massive ones, like Terminal 5 or Bowery, you know. But at that level, that's just what I'm saying. At that level of, like, this venue is that big, then it doesn't matter. You can't, like, find a favorite one because they're all going to be pretty much the same. But on that lower, lower entry level where, like, you know, some 16-year-old kid who has, like, one song and a dream can, like, come in and invite... 10 of his friends Rockwood Music Hall is the nicest place to do that and they have a stage that faces the street as well which makes it I mean the idea of people walking in off the street isn't really a thing that's like an imaginary thing because of the internet this is what I want to stick on stick on this point Gabe the internet every, the, the, the venue that you need to be on as an artist as any type of human being as a creative person is that the is the data pads that everyone carries around in their pocket now instead of going to the venue the venue has come to the consumer the venue is in their pocket gary vaynerchuk says this all dizzle if you are not making content for that thing in people's pockets you are losing if you're playing 45 shows a year and you record one of them and you put it online you are losing you need to put 99% of your effort into making content for these data pads. That is your new career. The venues are a side chick. The venues are an afterthought. The venues are dessert. The venues are, once you've built up uh, a loyal 
fan base. By the way, true fans, you know what true fans are about? They Google the fuck out of your name. So you got to make as much stuff on the internet, especially if you have like bullshit on the internet. You got to make as much stuff on the internet as possible for the true fans to Google the fuck out of you and be like, oh, I've watched all your... I've listened to all your podcasts, I've watched all your podcast videos, I've watched all your music videos, I've watched all, I've seen all your memes and stuff like that, I've watched all your concerts that you've uploaded. You need to make content for those true fans. If someone can reach the end of your content in a month, you're losing. You're losing, baby. You're leaving money on the table. Because the way that, like, like I'm a fanboy, and I think I don't think I'm the only type of person like this. If I find something I like, I'm all about that for as long as possible. In 2016, I fell in love with Dan Harmon, fellow Capricorn. He's the creative Rick and Morty, it's, but it's not even Rick and Morty. Anyway, <laughs> I heard the door creak. I guess there's like a draft in it. What the fuck was that? <laughs> All right. All right, babies, I'm tired. I'm hearing things. Also, I have mice. I do have mice. Um, They're doing some construction on my building. And the area that I'm in is like pretty nature Even though it's Brooklyn, it's like Brooklyn... Uh, sort of adjacent to a small wildlife preserve like there's a there, there, I, I found out there's a wildlife preserve off like the the south coast of Brooklyn near East New York and all the and, and there's like marshlands near there that are protected so it's like it's kind of there's like a lot of different wildlife here um, there, there there's not as many pigeons over here there's not like a ton of pigeons. There's like a ton of different other types of birds. There's like crows and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, back to my point. So, you know, e- even as regards busking, because busking has been such like a a mainstay for for so long that it's really hard to think of myself as not busking anymore. But when I think about what busking is, I'm standing out there for like four hours with the hope that someone's going to give me money. And in 2009, that hope was for $5. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think more was possible then. And then something opened up where I thought more was possible. And and in 2018, I hit... It's not always consistent, but I hit $100 an hour. And $50 an hour started being the average. And then... 80 started being like like that that place that I would get to kind of kind of frequently you know it'd be like 50s the usual and then it'd be like 80 sometimes and then when I was really banging on all cylinders it was like 100 100 an hour 100 an hour and I was going home with like 400 before noon um like like four days a week um during the month of August until until I kind of lost steam on that, you know, I, these things don't aren't always permanent. Like no one's I, the advantage that I have is no one's ever seen anyone like me before. No one's ever seen anyone talk, walk, act, and sing and behave and and be like me before. So when I show up in an area and I do my thing, people are blown away and giving me all their money. But once they get used to me, they still give me their money, but it's a, it's less, and I accept that. 
you know, um, because just because there's so much surface area in New York to cover, and I haven't quite unlocked all the possible places to play, um, I have a feeling that some of the places to play are like antithetical, antith- antithetical, yeah, antithetical to the idea of what a good place to busk is. Um, but like I'm saying, I'm trying to get away from busking. I'm trying to get away from the idea of like doing things in the real world as a mainstay. And I mean, I need to do that. I've, I, busking is my hyper, hyperbolic time chamber. And if I don't busk, my skills will get weaker. It's, it's like, it's like a performance enhancing tool. Um, but the mainstay has to be creating online content. So when I go busking now, it's going to be more live streaming. It's um, going to be more, you know, me trying new things out, which is super scary for me because what feels the best is to sort of just do what works and make a bunch of money doing what works. Uh, But really, I think I'm missing out on what busking has to offer by sort of doing something that I already know how to do. So, yeah, um, thank you so much. I'm not ending the podcast quite yet. I'm going to do about five more minutes. But thank you so much for listening because, like, this is it. This is the start of something new and big. You're going to see a lot more content online. Um, I mean, you're going to... What I think is going to happen is I'm going to stream a lot, get really into it, it's going to not do anything for maybe a long while. Nothing's going to happen between streaming and podcasting. And I, I'm going to make YouTube videos because I've, I've found like a really good uh, video editor on my phone that I love. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about topics that interest me. Um, there's a lot of people out there who've said, you know, I was drawn in by your music, but thank you for talking. You're you're amazing. You're saying amazing things. And I'm like, thank you. And it's like actually, you know, feeling fulfilling. You know, and it's it's obvious I'm a I'm a I'm a dynamic artistic individual. Music was a tool that I picked up out of many tools that I could have picked up. You know, it could have been art, it could have been public speaking, it could have been a lot of things that I did, but I chose music and that as my main main thing. Uh, but I can also do talking. I can also do art, visual art. I can also do hip hop. Hip hop. I sound like the whitest person when I say hip hop. I can also do the hip hop. I can rap. Um, I can do some rapping. And um, yeah, I'm just going to exercise all those skills because I, I realize now that it's kind of like in 2009 when I thought you could only make like $5 an hour from busking. Um, you can make $100 an hour, but you just have to know that that's possible. You just have to convince yourself, like, I know that that money can be made. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk about money to sound like this huge fucking capitalist, but obviously if I don't make money doing what I'm doing, I'm going to have to do something else, right? You can agree on that, right? So it makes sense, like, if I have a passion for creating an art that I have to, I must figure out a way to... I heard it again. Anyway, I must figure out a way to uh, create a solid income. And I think that can happen the same way it happens to busking. I think Bernie Sanders is a great example of that. He's like had the, had the most 
independent campaign donations ever from uh, private citizens, I mean. Um, and I think, like, just just in terms of me putting out my talent in person in the street busking, I never knew that much money was possible. How much money is it, Gabe? It's a lot of money. I told you already. I told you how much money it is. I put it out there. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there also. Don't try and rob me because I don't have all that money in my bank account. I'm really struggling to try to do this year bus consistently enough and do all the other stuff I have to do consistently enough that my bank account actually fills up because my bank account doesn't reflect what it's possible for me to make in an hour and I'm going to therapy now um I think I just have a self-sabotage thing going on I think I just really don't believe in myself as much as I should I think it's like you know I, I was explaining to my therapist like I've achieved these things but it's like I'm unable to own it and so this year I'm going to fucking own it. This year I'm going to make so much beautiful things for you guys. I've put so much energy. It's silly, you know, because I, I, I know that, I know that, you know, not that the subway is a dead end. You know, it's not a dead end. But, like, just look, I like to look at things from the comedian standpoint, just in terms of how their careers are structured. The subway is my, is, is my comedy store. The subway is my comedy seller where I go to practice my craft, do a few minutes, try out my material, keep my skills sharp. And the podcast, the live stream, that's, you know, how comedians are putting out podcasts and live streams. And those are getting, I mean, Bill Burr, Mark Marion, um, Tom Segura, Joe Rogan. These are like the most famous examples of musicians who have used the emergence of this new format to create another uh, path to fame for themselves um, you know what I mean like like when's the last time Joe Rogan did stand up in New York City you know what I'm saying like does he even give a fuck about doing that and when he does do stand up in New York City is it not super packed just because people watch his podcast so why have I been sitting around for the past year dis, kind of disconnected disconnected from the world you know, underground playing. Making money, yeah. Getting so much better. It's hard to see yourself progress, but the numbers don't lie. Getting so much better over the next year. I, by the way, in 2018, I went viral with my cover of Landslide. Um, thanks to uh, Rick from Subway Creatures. You should check out um, the Subway Creatures podcast as well. You should also... Um, they featured me on episode one. Um, you should check out uh, the Subway Creatures Instagram because it's pretty fun as well. But yeah, um, uh, my cover of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks more specifically, um, went viral. Um, but it was it was a video that someone else took, sent to Rick, and then Rick got in touch with me and wanted to put me on. You know, and I feel that streaming is the new busking podcasts are the new busking putting posts up on your instagram because i don't i don't fuck with facebook anymore i fuck with fa facebook is just connected to my instagram now um yeah it's it's the new busking the the i i thought busking worked because you know people i thought this is how stupid I am. I thought busking worked because people were used to giving people money in the subway playing music. 
People are, kinda. But mostly people don't. Mostly people don't. Gabe, I'm reminding myself of this. Mostly people do not give people money in the subway, and people tell me this. People say, I don't give money to anyone in the subway, but I'm giving this to you, because you're so amazing. People tell me that all the time. <clears throat> so under those same principles, it's people aren't giving me money because they expect me to be there and think I, you know, and they feel like an obligation to give. There's some people that are like that, by the way. There's some people that are incredibly altruistic, but that's like 10% of the population, of any given population. They're not going to outnumber people um so what i'm trying to say is is uh it, it is this is me busking right now like i didn't i i woke up i went to sleep late i woke up late and it's like you know usually on a day like this it's like ah oh, now this day is a wash man because i gotta work you know and and from for me the best busking is from around 7 to 10 a.m and so i really like to be if it's a good area i really like to be out there you know, 6.30, 6.30 a.m., um, and really till, like, 11. So it's, like, a long period of time that you're just putting out stuff. But this is me busking. This is me busking. This is me making it so that the day is not a wash. I've been, I, I've struggled so much with, um, with just feeling like I don't want to go outside. I don't want to be around people. And I think, like, like for a while I was streaming with the, with the idea of, like, you know what? Let me play into my agoraphobia. Let me give my agoraphobia some. Let me give my agoraphobia some. Some say, and let me stay inside all the time, but be streaming and making money. And by the way, in uh, I'm bragging again. In September, I I I created a product. I finally created a real product. I had these roses that I bought um, these, sorry, rose-shaped MP3 players, flash drive MP3 players with a little SD card that you pop in that you can upload music to, put, put your headphones in and listen to music. I put my music, I put my music, my music that I wrote on those MP3 players, ordered a box, a designed box for it, ordered it, had it shipped, and sold about Excuse me. Um, five hundred. I sold five hundred dollars of product, of course, minus uh, the the setup cost, which I think might have been close to two hundred. Um, um, and and that's the first time I ever did anything like that, and no one's ever seen anything like that. And literally, that's my middle fucking name. My name is Gabriel. No one's ever seen anything like that. Mayors, and I realized that because I am like Kanye West style, like the one thinking or, or Andy Warhol or who or Basquiat or whoever you want to take I'm always like thinking of like what is no one else doing that I can do if you've ever if you've never read the four-hour work week a lot of my philosophy I guess comes from there I've been reading the four hour or, or I haven't read it in a while actually I have the audiobook I used to have the actual books and then I threw them away because I was like I never read real books why did I throw away books I, I, I know I donated them to the, to the Salvation Army I didn't throw them away um, and I was like, I don't read books. I listen to audiobooks while I'm doing things like any smart person. This isn't the 1500s. I mean, if you if you if you if it's an informational book, like sitting down to read it is like crazy. I think because like, I mean, reading with your eyes is the fastest form of taking in information, though. Like if you're a speed reader, it is the fastest form, like faster than audio. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I've rambled enough. Um, 
I thank you so much for listening. I saw I got four plays on the Covington Boys podcast already, which I released last night. And, you know, just referencing 2009 again, I I, I wouldn't have even thought four plays in, you know, publishing that podcast yesterday, I wouldn't have even thought four plays in a night was possible. But I need to start thinking about things differently. And hopefully my therapist can help me with that. I'm I'm so creative. So much stuff has happened in my life. Things are looking very interesting. I mean, you know, I I have no I have no contracts in the works. I have no production deals in the works. No one's asking me to put me in a TV show. No one's trying to put me on anywhere. You know, I have no tour planned or anything like that. I have no album planned or coming out. Um, I do actually I do have an album planned on coming out, but it's just not. It's just not yet. It's just not yet. By the way, Amanda. Panda May, if you're listening to this, I've been thinking about that $20 that you sent me on my birthday since my birthday. You're going to be the first person. There was another person that sent me money, but I don't know if they sent me money for the purpose of reserving a spot for that new album. Um, oh, yeah, Miss, Miss Panda May is, is, is getting that album, but also, um, I forget her name, but I remember you. You fight for, um, you, you fight for, for, for Mexican people who are in trouble. You know who you are. Thank you for being my fan also. Um, you know, man, it's it's just it's just been like a really wild ride. And lately I'm looking back on it and I'm saying, none of this should have been possible. But I fucking made it possible through sheer ignorance of <laughs> the obviously difficult circumstances that I was facing. It almost makes me want to cry to think about how it was there. It's, you know, I remember reading... I never read Moby Dick, but I did listen to an audiobook called um what was it called fucking shit it's called spiritual it's by jed mckenna it's the second book by jed mckenna this first one is called spiritual enlightenment the darndest thing and the second one's called something else spiritually incorrect enlightenment i think so yeah i think it was spiritually incorrect enlightenment Oh my god, one of my favorite books ever because the whole book is pretty much about is him breaking down Captain Ahab as the archetype for the enlightened being. Um cuz he cuz he he breaks with all convention to single-mindedly pursue a goal that seems insane and stupid and wasteful. And that is what my life has been for the past 10 years. I'm crying and laughing right now. Um at 17, I dropped out to <laughs> go after something that everyone, that my mom told me was a bad idea. And I kept my head down and I worked and I spent, and I wasted a ton of time. I wasted a ton of time doubting myself and it was necessary time doubting myself because there were points where I had to go, I have to stop doubting myself. And there were points where friends of mine told me, you have to stop doubting yourself and you have to go out and do this thing. And, um, you know, uh, it's been a long journey and here I am about to do something else impossible that no one else is around me is really trying to do that may not turn out to be anything that I might struggle at for another decade before it turns out to be something. But I, I sat in bed last night and I realized something. I could be a millionaire, uh, many times over by 43, by 42 actually I think about you know why I think about 42 because of that 
song by Jay-Z where he's like, 42, I'd be better than, 40, than 24 as I carry the 4-5. That's the 48 law. Um, the 48 laws of power is super important in the black community. It's the, 40, the 48 laws of power is, is, is the new holy Bible for the black community. Every black family now has a Bible Every 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 poor black family. Let me let me say that. If you live in the suburbs, your your mindset's a little, a little different. Every poor black family has a Christian Bible, a King James Version Bible, and a fucking Robert Greene Forty Eight Laws of Power, probably stolen from from the library. Um, or Barnes and Noble. I remember I stole my Forty Eight Laws of Power from Barnes and Noble. Um, and I remember I stole the Kirk Cobain journals from Barnes and Noble. You know my trick with stealing from Barnes and Noble. I don't know. I, I I don't think it's this. I don't think it's the same anymore because when you go in Barnes and Noble, there just aren't as many people there. Um, but you'd go in there. You go with your coffee, and you know how they just let you sit there and read for hours. You just go read that book for hours, and over the hours, and you bring other books with you. This is the trick. You bring other books with you, and 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 you shuffle them around a lot, and you sit there and you read, and you act like you're taking notes and you're doing something, you're studying, and you spill coffee on it, and you dog ear the pages, and you make it indistinguishable from a book that you brought in with you and you walk out with it because and that's how you do it that's how you do it baby fucking oceans eight style by the way saw oceans eight fucking loved it fucking want to watch it again immediately and you know the fucking thing i loved it and it wasn't that good at 40 minutes in i was like this is 40 minutes in nothing has happened and then i was like actually i fucking love this all these ladies walking around smirking Ocean's 8 is ladies walking past each other smirking over and over and and just looking and smirking and just walking past each other and smirking. Do you you get what I mean? Like fucking um Kate Blanchett. By the way, anything with Kate Blanchett first of all. Kate Blanchett fucking smirking at 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 a, a woman who looks like Michael Jackson. So I'm going to assume it's Michael Jackson. Uh <laughs> um, I I said I was going to stop. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is everything to me. Literally every person who listens to this means the world to me. If you can, which I think you can, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. Leave me a five-star rating. Leave me a nice, meaty, lengthy review so that other people can enjoy reading it too. I will share them on my Instagram. If you're not already following me, I know you probably are. It's Gabriel. Hey, Flowerpunk, by the way. I'm assuming that you're listening to this too because you're one of my biggest fans. And hey, Verena. Is that what you're going by now? Hey, Verena. Hey, V. Hey, um, Femtar. One of my biggest fans also. Um, and, and also, Oust. Oust. Are you listening to this podcast? I'm just, I'm just giving shout-outs now. We're just doing shout-outs. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Gabriel Mayers NYC. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L. That's the way it's always spelled. Mayers, M-A-Y-E-R-S. It's like John Mayer, but plural. N-Y-C spelled the letter N, the letter Y, the letter C. I'm on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to me um and and happy motherfucking new year and uh don't punch a 16 year old because he's wearing a red hat and don't send a 16 year old death threats because he's wearing a red hat because in 10 20 years you're gonna be like what the fuck was i doing it was just a it was just a snotty 16 year old wearing a red hat and i got so mad and literally 16 year olds all of them infuriating all of them are infuriating all of them except emma and david hawk 
All right.